Welcome to FileMaker Off the Record. You're listening to Thomas and Teresa of Profile Developers, discussing all things FileMaker for developers and power users. Hi, Thomas. Hey, Teresa. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? So far, so good. That's great. So today's our 20th podcast. 20? Yeah. We hit one of those round numbers. That's good. (laughs) So we've been back from DevCon for a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Acclimating to reality. Yeah, still recovering. So one thing I found when I got back Mm -hmm. is that there are are several new podcasts out there. Oh, yeah. Podcasts that popped up. Yeah. Seemingly recently. Uh, there's 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 a few that have been around for a long time. And then ours has been around about a year or so, a little over. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed I noticed one called Fireside FileMaker. Mm-hmm. And one called... FileMaker the, Bros. FileMaker Bros. Right? Right. Yeah. We were listening to them in the car. Yeah. So that was fun, listening to them. <laughs> So one of the nice things about all these podcasts popping up uh, that we enjoy and that other developers enjoy is um, the same reason why everybody that we talk to loves DevCon. If you're an in-house developer and you're the only person in your company that understands FileMaker speak, and in some cases you're the only person there who knows anything about computers, it is so refreshing to get into a space into an environment where there are other people who can nod at you when you say something about SFTP. You know, they know exactly what you're talking about. They can commiserate with you and they can celebrate with you. When you talk about the relationship graph. Right. All these, these things that um, other people <laughs> just kind of glaze over very quickly. It's very nice to have some outlets where... You know, we can listen to these podcasts and nod our heads in agreement. Yeah. Um, So it's just, it's good to hear that kind of dialogue. Right. Another thing I like is you get different points of view. Mm -hmm. So even if you've been doing this a long time, for instance, what we're talking about tonight is the separation model. Mm -hmm. That was on my list. We were going to add a separation model podcast sometime in the future, but I, we're doing it now rather than later. When I was listening to one of the episodes of Fireside FileMaker, they did a separation model Mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. And in their description of it, they talk about how they are not fans. This is, I should say, uh, John Mark Osborne and Michael Richard. Mm -hmm. And they've been around for a long time. They've both been around a very long time. They're both active in the Mm -hmm. community. Years and years ago, uh, John worked for Claris in support and did FileMaker support. And this Mm -hmm. is like going way, way back. Mm -hmm. One of the first DevCons that I went to, so I I think it was the one in Monterey, but I'm not 100% sure. But John Mark Osborne was one of the first speakers that I heard and one of the only ones that I remember. Mm -hmm. I remember him. I remember uh, Steve Blackwell was there and not not a whole lot else. But... He stood out because uh, he's a very good speaker, and he was really interesting to watch, and he really understood his audience. There were some little things, like whenever he would show 
calculation on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd copy it out, stick it in a text editor, blow it up big, and you could read it. And the stuff that he was explaining and teaching was, you know, I, I was, of course, a newbie developer at that point. But there were lots of just absolutely fantastic examples examples that mm-hmm. um, that I learned from. Years later, I had taken a class off of him as well. And and I just really like his style of teaching. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't have to go down the whole path. If you're looking for classes to take and you see something by John Mark Osborne, um, don't hesitate. And then Michael Richard, I, I knew that name immediately because I've bought very few FileMaker books over the years. A few. There haven't been all that many. Mm-hmm. And two of them that I had bought years ago, I had to go look it up, but uh, were by Michael. One was a book about themes. This was around the FileMaker 12. Right. Okay. And the other one was, file. I think it's FileMaker in Me, and he talks about development mm-hmm. in that one. They were both good books for the beginning of my career. Those are the guys doing Fireside FileMaker. They did a talk on the separation model. And as neither of them is a fan of it, they don't use it. Neither one uses it much. And I just wanted to give a different perspective from we do use the separation model. Right. With just about everything. Yeah. Not on every solution, but on absolutely the majority. Mm -hmm. So I thought we would go over like the reasons why we do Mm -hmm. and the benefits that we see and just give a counterpoint to, to their, um, to their statement, to their opinion, maybe to nothing. And then just give a counterpoint. Sounds good. Okay. The separation model. We should explain it. Yeah. So we will give our definition of the separation model. So let's see if I get this right. (laughs) So while FileMaker is uh, designed to have everything in one place, uh, to have the interface, the scripts, relationships, accounts, layouts, and data all in one file, there are many strategies and uh, methodologies where you can separate different pieces of, uh, of your solution Uh, for different reasons. And uh, what we're talking about is the separation of the interface and the data. So in that situation, your data lives in one FileMaker file, and it is linked to in a separate file, a UI file that has all of the scripts and layouts and relationships in it. And we find that this is a good solution for us because Um, The big benefit is that we can deliver a solution onto a client server and then continue to work on a development version on our machine. And as we make changes and updates to the interface, so we might add scripts, might add layouts, uh, add tons of functionality, we can replace the interface file on their server and we don't disturb the data at all. Yeah, exactly. And I, I agree. That's the that's that I think is the biggest benefit. So I've been using the separation model for an ex- 
very long time. I started using it around FileMaker 5 or 5.5. Mm -hmm. And the reason I started using it is I was selling a vertical market application. And in if you remember, because this is before your time, in FileMaker 5, 5.5, and 6, you could only have one table per file. So any solution of any complexity mm -hmm. was made up of multiple files. Right. But that wasn't considered a separation model at the time because it was the only model. Yeah, right. Right. And and actually, what we did generally was each file had both. So you would have a contacts file and you would have your contact interface in that file. So and you, you you'd have your list and your detail for your contacts. And yeah. then when you clicked on the grants because you needed to switch to that context you would simply be opening up the grants file right. and looking at the list view there and clicking into a detail, you know, and just basically jumping from one file to the other. Right. And they had, did they all have, um, they couldn't all be in the same window. No. Right. No. So you would be closing one or you'd have to open up another yeah, you'd window have to, and then you'd hide have to, the other, you know, hide all these windows. Right. You'd have to man managing the windows was a big task. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was just part of development. It's just the way, it, right. just the way it was. It's the world you lived in. Yes. Any given layout was a layout for the table for the file that you're using. Mm -hmm. You couldn't assign a table from a different file as the base table for the layout. Okay. There was no relationship graph. There were relationships, but I'm not going to go down there. <laughs> mm -hmm. So as I was selling the vertical market solution, mm -hmm. inevitably there were updates to be made. And as my sales grew in number, whenever I would send out an update, I had these, um, I had these long complex import scripts that would go file by file, transfer all the data from their old to their new. I had a installer application that would open up, find the files, rename them. Then you'd run that script and it would bring all the data over and then you'd have to get rid of those files or they start to pile up from mm -hmm. other updates. And first of all, a lot of work for me, a lot right. of work. Yeah. And secondly, for whatever reason, if you send out to a hundred people, this update, it might work perfectly for 95 and the last five are like, this just doesn't work at all. Right. And then you're on the phone and right. walking people through support. And usually those are the people who they don't want to try to do it themselves. No, they, they want their handheld. They need their handheld. So. And so be it. And that's fine. So there's more hours, you know. Right. <laughs> so I wanted a way that I could send out updates without all that labor. And to make it more reliable for the end user. Mm -hmm. So I wanted a way to make this less error prone. Right. So I created a separate UI file and created relationships. And I was using portals for to bring the data over for most of the screens. And that, that actually worked pretty well. I could limit. So I couldn't do list views in the interface file because there was no way to do that. So list views still had to go to the other files and pull them up. Mm -hmm. I guess but, you, you could have done it if you were using a virtual list. Uh, no, no variables. No variables. Good goodness. <laughs> Couldn't do list views. List views had to be done in the file where the table was. Almost everything else you could just deal with through relationships and portals. And... Whenever I would put updates out throughout the year, 
I, I tried to do tried to do them quarterly. That was my goal at the time. If I could do one of those updates by sending out an interface file and the other updates because backend had to change, fields had to be added, things like that, it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Just to do one where everybody, except one guy who maybe had trouble with the UI file, right. but their data was safe and the update process was Dead simple. Mm-hmm. Swap this file for that file. When we got to FileMaker 7 and bringing everything together and being able to do this whole thing with, you can have a table from another file be represented in your UI. Oh, that just made life so much easier. When I started with 7, almost immediately with my, um, with my vertical market solutions, a separation model right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I just got, and over the years, I refined the process and it became, I just, I just found it to be eminently practical for those, for those things. Mm-hmm. So then whenever I started doing more custom development, I don't think I started off with the separation model. I think with my custom, I started all in one. All in one. Mm-hmm. And before long, you, you just run into the same problem. Even though you only have one client. My clients at the time, nobody was in the cloud. This is going back away. Mm-hmm. So everybody had, they either had a server on site or they were doing peer-to-peer, something like that. And I had the same problem with doing updates and being able to, you know, I had to work on site. And if I wanted to work at home, it made things more difficult. So I started splitting that up as well and found that just saved me, again, so much, so much hassle and so much time. And it made it easier for my clients as well, mm-hmm. because whenever an update would come, they didn't have to go through any kind of import process at all. It was swap out the files. And if something doesn't work, you swap them back to the old one. Right. And it's all back. Yeah. And it, they're all back to where they were an hour ago. Right. It has those advantages. It, so the, those development advantages and what I see is big advantages for the client. Mm-hmm. One of the issues that uh, they had on Fireside FileMaker mm-hmm. was that whenever you have to add fields and inevitably you have to add fields, right? then you're touching the data file anyway. Mm-hmm. So there, that happens quite a bit. As we um, refine the process and, and it gets more mature, the same as these, whenever solutions get more mature over time, you find you add fields at a much slower rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's you're, more you're... likely you're changing interface than you're touching data. For instance, whenever we do reports, because that's what you get calls about. People want additional reports. Mm-hmm. Or a tweak to a report. Or a tweak yeah. to a report. We do most of our reporting in virtual lists. So that doesn't usually require additional fields. We're dealing with the data that's already there. Mm-hmm. And, and even if it does need additional fields, we do all of our globals in our virtual list. Uh, the, it, the data behind that is in our interface file. Right. And does not impact the customer's data at all. Right. So we are free to make changes without worrying about um, any kind of disruption. Yeah. 
And when the inevitable happens and you and we have to add fields. So if we have a development copy on us on our server and they're using theirs on the cloud or wherever, if the update requires us to you know change a bunch of things in the UI and add three fields to three different tables, what we've done in the past as well is recreate the fields in the same order that we did in our solution and mm -hmm. their solution. Yeah, rather than go through a whole full, you know, export and import process of data. Right. And with the with the data migration tool, that minimizes the problem of doing that too. Oh, sure, sure. But even with the data migration tool, you're still, again, it comes back to your inconveniencing the client. Mm -hmm. Because if it happens to, again, if it happens to be a particularly large file with a lot of data, that can still take time and they're down the entire time. Mm -hmm. So depending who the client is, if they are a company that has three shifts, they cannot be shut down. Right. Or if there's international. And so there's always the potential that somebody's in the files right. because they, somebody's awake Yeah, <laughs> in every time zone. So another issue or concern is that it slows down development time because you have to jump back and forth between files. And that's true. But whenever you're used to doing it, we have multiple files open on our screens. We use multiple screens and we have multiple files open and you just you just get in the habit. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. creating fields. And you even, you set up a, a custom I have, shortcut. Yeah, I have a shortcut if I'm in, that unfortunately only works in browse mode. So I have a key command to open manage database in the data file. And that kind of work, you go in and you do your work and you come out and you're, you're back at your UI file. So we find that it just doesn't affect development time that much. Yeah. Yeah, when you're first doing it, you know, you might open it up and then go, oh, oh, that's right. None of the fields that I want to look at are in this file. Yeah, yeah. that happens. So we still do it on occasion. Yeah. And then you jump back I to the other file. I think a lot file. of it is getting used to the workflow. Yeah. Yeah, once you're used to it, it it's second nature. Mm -hmm. So another benefit that I came across that, well, a benefit that I couldn't utilize so I got a call by a local company that they had an existing FileMaker solution and they were having problems with it. It was crashing a lot and they had an in-house guy who built it and that was now gone. So they needed someone to help them with it. And when I went and checked, the file had some core damage in it. And I said, okay, let's go to a backup. They had months of backups. They were all damaged the same oh, wow. way. So they'd been using this file for ages with damage in it and they mm -hmm. didn't know at first and then when it started crashing they would just get it to come back up and they would just keep using yeah, it yeah most of the so, time people just work through it yeah so i had no no good known file to go back to mm -hmm. so this is what they had if the system had been in the separation model there's a good chance the so filemaker again this was an older version as well so it was a little more prone to corruption. This isn't quite the same as it is now. Mm -hmm. But FileMaker would save data as it's going. And if anything happened to the connection while it was saving data, that potentially could cause corruption. Mm -hmm. And odds are that corruption would happen in the data file. And what I could do then is, worst case, export all the data to text, mm -hmm. clean it up there if necessary, then recreate the data file from scratch, which is 
tables and fields. Right. That wouldn't take that long. Yeah, you just have to import but, import the MER files again. Right. <laughs> Recreating the UI file from scratch because you couldn't risk copying an entire layout and pasting it because there could be corruption in what right. you're copying and pasting. So that just continues the problem. Was not a reasonable option for them. Mm -hmm. uh, they had uh, 280, something like that, layouts. Oh, wow, that they used. They used a good deal of them, but okay. they didn't know which ones they didn't use. Right. So. That's what happens. You know, yeah, that, that's what happens. Yeah. And then you have the scripts, which... The, oh, yeah. Don't know where the corruption is. Right. So I would have been able to had there had there been separation model in that example, there's a reasonably good chance recreating the data file would have just fixed the whole thing. Right. So, but moving the data, like I said before, the data the um, the data migration tool massively speeds up. It saves you from writing all those scripts to do the imports and exports, and it just massively speeds up the the movement of data from one file to the other. Mm -hmm. So that, I agree with them that in some cases that just eliminates the issue, but it's still not faster than swapping out one UI file. Mm -hmm. A comment that John made was that he does live development mostly, so you don't need the separation model. And that because FileMaker has become so solid and so flexible, that you can do almost anything live. Mm -hmm. And that I totally agree with as well. Yeah. Um, we're not afraid of doing live development. John claimed to have never had an issue of corruption in all the years he's been doing live development. And I absolutely believe him because neither have I. Mm -hmm. I've done live development a lot. Not, it's probably not the main way I develop, but I've done it an awful lot. And I've never had a file become damaged because of it. We have clients where live development is not an option. Um, like some of the large companies that... Right. Where security is such a consideration that they won't allow um, laptops that don't belong to the company to access the network. Yeah. In which case, you know, I've, I've been in situations where I would, uh, we were using the separation model, I would make changes to the interface file and the data file and the data file changes. Like while I could move, I had access to a machine that was on their network. And so while uh, the guy whose computer it was went to a meeting, <laughs> I could use it to upload the interface file. The data file updates, I would recreate um, before uploading the UI file and do that in the order they were created and just pay special attention to what I was doing. And in some cases, uh, I couldn't even update the UI file. One of my clients is in another country and they, uh, the client's in another country and is on a secure site which it's the same thing. There's no VPNs allowed in. There's no, you know, so you have to travel there to do the work. And I have copies of their files with no data that I can work on here and then take them down. And again, whenever I'm able to just swap the file, it is huge. I can actually send that to them. It's a, it's a, rather than spending, you know, four days going back and forth to Africa. Right. I can email them a file or, you know, they, 
then it's their problem to figure out how to get it on site. Right. Well, and then it's a four-hour phone support conversation to oh, yeah. let them know which which file goes where mm-hmm. and to talk through because they have their um, their tech people rotate out, right? So who you're talking to this time is not... Not who you're going to talk to next time. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that, it, it gets... It gets rough. So there's situations where this the separate UI files can be very. It just makes such a helpful. huge difference. One of the detriments, of course, is the security in accounts. Yes. But when you're using, if you use external authentication, that problem pretty much disappears completely. Right. You just have to be consistent. Right. And when you're not using external authentication, we always drop in account management into every solution we do anyway. Mm -hmm. So whenever we end up with a multi-file solution, you just drop in those pieces, fix your privilege set names, and you're done. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing just gets managed. Yeah. And the account management, that's a module. We've mentioned it before in a couple other podcasts, I'm pretty sure. But um, that's available on modularfilemaker.org, right? Mm-hmm. Aside from the obvious benefits that we mentioned, there's some positives that come just because it is FileMaker. Whenever you do a single file or separation, there's no speed difference. And that helps a lot, in particular when you actually need separate interfaces because different departments have different needs and for various reasons. And I think they mentioned this on the on their podcast as well, that there are times when they use separation in a situation like that, where it you need different files for different departments, and that's just the way it is. Or perhaps with Go, with a with a mobile application, it can make a lot more sense to have a UI file on, on the iOS and the data in the cloud. Mm-hmm. That that's very common. And Clay Mackle. Clay Mackle is the chief software architect at Claris for FileMaker. Mm-hmm. And he actually likes the separation model because it minimizes file locking issues because you're dealing right. with two files instead of one. The reason we continue to use separation model is because we see benefits for the client. That's mm-hmm. who I'm more concerned about. You know, rather than our our work does this is this advantageous for the client mm-hmm. and for like i said for most of our clients it is yeah in some situations if you need to test something that's going to impact the data in a way or say you're testing a new type of import it's better to do that testing on a local like on your development server and work out the kinks in your junk data file rather than messing up the data, their, their live data that they're using in their business. Yeah. So I think that covers an awful lot of it. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, our, I think, <laughs> I think we got our point across. Yes. At some point in the future, I think it would be good to talk about there's, so there's other types of separation model, like the separation of functionality or the separation of concerns and mm-hmm. there's reasons for some of it, why some of it's good, why some of it might not be. So I think that might be interesting to talk about in a future episode as well. Sure. 
Thank you, everyone, for listening. We very much appreciate it. We really do. Yes, we do. And if you'd like to ask us any questions, or if you have a suggestion for something you would like to hear, please send us an email at offtherecord at profiledevelopers.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.